Welcome to today's program, The Beauty of Grace. And I'm Pastor Pete Norris of Harvest Fellowship Church, Goldsboro, North Carolina. And we want to talk today about the freedom of grace. And we talked a little bit about that uh, yesterday. But I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to go to Galatians chapter 5, 2 through 5 in the Amplified. And I think it's going to enlighten you on some revelation. Notice, it is I, Paul, who tells you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no profit, advantage, avail to you. And if you distrust him, you will gain nothing from him. I, I once more protest and testify to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation and bound to the practice and the, law, the whole of the law and its ordinance. If you seek to be justified and declared righteous and to be given a right standing with God through the law, you are brought to nothing and so separated severely from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, from God's gracious favor and unmerited blessing. For we, not relying on the law, but through the Holy Spirit's help, by faith anticipate and wait for the blessing and the good for which our righteousness and the right standing with God, our conformity to His will, in purpose, thought and action, causes us to hope. Now I want you to see something here. In verse 4, it's very plain. Paul's saying, look, if you go back to the circumcision, if you go back to the Old Testament way of doing things, then Christ is no profit to you. And if you go back to the law, then you're falling from grace. Now, most people will tell you that if you are sinning, then you're falling from grace. But I do not believe the Bible teaches that. You remember back in the 80s, and we had a couple of pastors that, that they said fell from grace, Jimmy Swaggart and, and Jim Baker and those guys, and, and the world and the church just really ridiculed those guys. And, 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 and I understand they made mistakes, and I understand who hasn't. But I also understand that they didn't fall from grace, they fell into grace. And we got to understand that when we fall from grace is when we go back to trying to live based on the law and not based on God's marvelous grace. Because you see in the, in the, in the Old Testament, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 38, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and also licked up the water that was in the trenches. So we see in the Old Covenant, every time the judgment of God came down on a sacrifice, it consumed the sacrifice, it consumed the, what built the sacrifice, it consumed everything, and everything was gone and destroyed, even dried the water up, which is always symbolic of the Holy Spirit. But if you'll notice when Jesus was on the cross in Matthew 27 and 46, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, in the old covenant, the fire of God fell on the altar, destroyed the sacrifice, the stones, the wood, the water. But under grace, Jesus took our sin on the cross, and God didn't consume the sacrifice to show that grace to the world that it was finished. He cried out with a loud voice, Why have you forsaken me? God said he could never leave us or forsake us, and he didn't. He had only forsaken himself. Jesus hung on the cross to show us grace. The back part of God is the judgment of God. Under grace, the sacrifice became bigger than the judgment. The sacrifice became bigger than the sin. Under the old covenant, sin was bigger than the sacrifice. And that is the marvelous thing about this son, Jesus, dying on the cross for our sins because he never sinned. Did he not sin because of, uh, he was sinless? I believe he didn't sin because the way he was born. If he'd have been born through the seed of a man, then he'd have had sin in his life just all like all of us. All of us came into the world as sinners because we come through the seed of Adam. Adam. Now you can see something that's very powerful in Romans chapter 5, verse 19. It said, Because of one man's disobedience, which is Adam, 
all men are made sinners. So you and I didn't have anything to do with that. We just became sinners because of what Adam did in the garden. But in verse 19, it said, because of one man's obedience, the many, the same the many, became righteous. That was the work of Christ on the cross. Now, we see this take place because in Galatians chapter 4, 4 through 7, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, and that Spirit that He put in your heart is crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. And if a son, then you are heir of God through Christ. Now I want you to realize really what happened to you. You are a son today. Now I want you to listen to me very carefully. When you make a mistake in your flesh and you miss it, God does not leave you. He does not forsake you. He can never leave you. His presence is not gone from you. That is religion telling you that He's left you. He said, I can never, never leave you or forsake you. It's a double negative. means a powerful revelation that He can never, never leave you. If He leaves you, He has got to destroy Himself because the covenant that He'll never, never leave you is based on Himself. That's the power of this message of grace and the beauty of this message of grace. I want you to understand that you are, stop judging yourself based on what you do right or wrong. Judge yourself based on what Jesus did on the cross and he made us a son. My son is a son. He's got his my blood flowing through his veins. He's going to be my son. He can go out and do anything he wants to do. You cannot change the bloodline of who he is. He can tell everybody he's not my son, but he's still my son because of the blood that's flowing through his veins. I want you to understand today, what he does right or wrong does not determine whether he's my son. But what happened on the cross determines who you are in him. And I want you to understand today, this is the beauty of grace, and you are a son of God, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of grace.